0: Thank you for listening to this podcast from Renew San Diego, a church for the good of all our neighbors in North Park, San Diego. If you're ever in the area on Sunday mornings, we'd love to welcome you. More information at renewsandiego.org. Share with a friend. See you soon.
1: Today's reading is from the book of Psalms, Psalm 13. To the leader, Psalm of David. How long, O Lord, will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I bear pain in my soul and have sorrow in my heart all day long? How long shall my enemy be exalted over me? Consider and answer me, O Lord my God. Give light to my eyes, or I will sleep the sleep of death. And my enemy will say, I have prevailed. My foes will rejoice because I am shaken. But I trusted in your steadfast love. My heart shall rejoice in your salvation. I will sing to the Lord because he has dealt bountifully with me. This is the word of the Lord. Let's take a moment for silent reflection.
0: Let's pray together. Gracious God, as we listen to these words, these ancient words written thousands of years ago and yet, when we're honest with ourselves, when we can slow down enough to take inventory of our lives, there's a part that cries out, how long? We live in this world that is so beautiful, full of your creativity, diversity, majesty, We live in this world that is so broken and full of violence and injustice. We could say the world is both beautiful and broken, and then when we look in the mirror, we look at our own lives and see likewise. There are parts of our lives that thrill us, that we cherish, that we're grateful for. It's part of our lives that we wish we could erase or change or leave behind. But however we find ourselves right now, help us to see that we have more in common than we realize. On one hand, in the midst of the beautiful mess, you see us. You know us. And at the same time, your response is not to stand far off and just watch as the world goes over the cliff into oblivion. Your response is not to merely be a spectator in the beauty and difficulty of our lives, your response is to move toward us in sacrificial, self-giving love in the person and work of your son, Jesus Christ. And so help us to see this, to trust this, whether for the first time ever, for the thousandth time. Or maybe we remember a time we believed these things and now we're wondering if we could. You seem to be so far away, we're wondering what happened to you. So now, By the power of your Holy Spirit, break through, overwhelm us with your love, convince us of your truth, fill us with your grace, and send us out to be your very hands and feet of renewal wherever we go. We pray these things for our good and for your glory. Amen. Please be seated. So I had one of those days this week. It was like a no good, very bad day, and here's how it started. I was making tea for Florence. So I heated up this pot of water to boiling. You know the ones you plug in and you set what you want? Turn it up to 11, let's go. And the water's boiling, I take it off and set it on a table. And then I proceed to turn and knock the entire pot of hot boiling water onto my foot. And I learned this detail. If you're wearing a sock when that happens, it's worse because the sock just holds onto it like a sponge, like a wetsuit holding it in. So I'm taking off. Oh, and by the way, when that happens to your pastor, I say the same thing you say. (laughs) Darn it. Yeah. (laughs) And so I get the sock off, and I immediately run into the shower to get cold water on it as fast as possible because what I've learned from doing something like this before is when you burn yourself with boiling hot water, it just starts to cook your foot from within and you have to stop it from cooking with ice cold water. So if you didn't know that, just by listening to this much of the sermon, I've already potentially added value to your life. But that boiling water will continue to cook and to cook and to cook unless you treat it and you stop it. See, we live in a world with pain, with loss, with anger, with confusion, and that will cook you from within unless you treat it. The art of lament to bring out the difficulties of this world are a way of treating it. And so Psalm 13 gives you this ancient diagnostic that just begins by saying, how do you treat, where do you go with sorrow in your life? Where do you go with pain in your life? What do you do with disappointment, or loss, or anger, or confusion? What do you do with the destruction that you find out in the world when you turn on your newsfeed? But what do you also do with the difficulties that have been dealt to you? And then, what do you do with that sense that you have also participated in injustice in this world? The things that go on out there, the things that have happened to you, and the things that you've done to others and done to yourself, what do you do with all of that? You have to treat it, or it will burn you up from within. Or as my therapist would say, you have to do something healthy with it, otherwise you'll do something unhealthy with it. And we live now in a time that convinces you, you need another product, and then you'll be okay. Another vacation, another experience, another relationship, another drink, another Amazon cart that's full, another something. And it's driving us crazy. Lament says, let's treat it. Let's bring it out like you would before a good doctor and actually treat the brokenheartedness of your life and of this world. See, lament is not merely complaining. Chuck DeGroat, in his book, Leaving Egypt, wrote, Lament, the ancient art of crying out before God, provides us with a means of honest and raw expression in times when our grief is too much to bear. It does not offer a quick or tidy theological answer. Rather, it invites us to bring ourselves fully to a God who can handle our pain perhaps more than we've ever imagined. Lament names the pain and holds it, expecting God to break in and do something. It's honest complaint and holding space for hope simultaneously, So we're going to practice that this morning. This will be a lament laboratory for you. I'll get to that in a moment. But first I want to frame it. Because we find throughout psalms of lament that give voice to this sort of disappointment and pain. A few categories. We find four types of lament. Lament of pain. We hear this in Psalm 13. How long, O Lord, must I bear this pain in my soul? And so there's an invitation, instead of shoving it down deeper, to identify the pain. You'll have an opportunity later to write those things down on the sticky notes that you have. Lamenting pain. Next is lamenting loss. Loss of a loved one. Lament is a healthy stage of grief. Loss of a relationship that used to be close, but now it's not. Loss of a dream that you thought would materialize by this point in your life and it hasn't. Lamenting loss, where do you experience loss? Lamenting anger, the anger that we hold toward each other. If you ever wanna be a slave to someone, hold a grudge against them because they're not thinking about you and they're living rent free in your mind all the time. Anger will erode your soul from within. You have to do something healthy with it or else you'll do something unhealthy with it. How about anger at God? One of the things I love, I just love about the honesty of Scripture is that it does not paint this picture that because God is good and God loves you, everything in your life will always go great. Or if you really have faith, then you'll just trust and believe even when times get rough. Scripture gives you an honest picture of people shaking their fist at God and saying, where are you? What are you doing? When will you show up? Those are honest words of prayer. Anger, lament, pain, loss, anger, and finally confusion. Confusion adds anxiety to our lives. Confusion in the midst of your life where you don't know what direction you're going to take Confusion when you're asking questions like, Where is God? or Who am I becoming? You voice that. You hold that. So, four types of lament pain, loss, confusion, and anger. And then we find these three locations of lament out in this world, the things done to us, and the things that we've done to others. See, If we don't do something with that, the the pain that's out in this world will overwhelm us and make us cynical and bitter and disconnected. We'll either become fatalistic about it and say, the tidal wave's just gonna crash anyways, I might as well lay down and give up. Or we become apathetic about it and say, I just don't care, whatever. But that's no way to live. You can actually give voice to the things in this world that you lament. What's going on in Ukraine right now? What's happening in Ethiopia right now? What's happening in our own world with two years of pandemic craziness and confusion, chaos? You have to do something healthy with that. So, out in this world, we lament racial injustice. Now, for some of you, uh, people more, you know, more dominant culture, whatever, you know, more privilege, sometimes you might be lamenting racial injustice out in this world because candidly, I don't remember a time experiencing it toward me. But some of you experience racial injustice toward yourself. That's something that's been done to you. So they might, it might be both. But we also lament all of the things that have been done to us. Somebody has snubbed you. Somebody has gossiped about you. Somebody passed you over for a promotion that you know you had earned, but you didn't get the political favor in the office. And you carry those things around. You have to do something healthy with it. Lament. You lament the things you've done to others. When you know that you were wrong and you did damage to that person through your words, through your actions... Maybe you were the one doing the gossiping. Maybe you were the one that undercut someone else in your office because you were so convinced you had to win, you didn't think about the collateral damage of somebody else. You have to do something with that. The Christian tradition calls that confession. We actually get to offload those things. You don't have to carry them around and let them beat you down. You bring them to a God who longs to forgive. And we do it with hope. See, this Psalm 13 is a great case study where it's how long and why do I need to have the pain and the enemies are gloating over me? And then what does the psalmist do? Holds space for hope and is willing to be open to God moving in this world. And he does two things. David looks David the author looks back and looks forward. Looks back. I trusted in your steadfast love. And that word steadfast love in Hebrew. Is one of the most powerful phrases in all of scripture. It's a way of describing God's never giving up, never going to leave you, never forsake you, always will love you. You can count on it. That's steadfast love. So this person begins to reason with themselves and say, You have always been with me. And then they look to the future. One day my heart shall rejoice in your salvation. One day. I trust that because you have always been here, that you will be here with me now and in the future. You hold it all together. Hope for God to renew and rescue. And later, Jesus Christ will enter into this world, will experience pain, will experience loss, will experience confusion will experience anger, and he will take it all upon himself, all the weight of the brokenness of this world on himself, on the cross, dealing a death blow to death itself. In his resurrection, showing that these things are real and painful and confusing, and they will not have the final word. And so now we're invited to enter into that great story. Let's pray. Gracious God, as we join our voices with the psalmist saying, how long, O Lord, we ask now that you would meet us in this place and break through. So help us to do business with that deeper part of our lives that we so often skip over so that you could do your healing work in us, in our city, and in our world. Fill this time with your presence. We pray in your name.